0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My name is uh, Father Ben. I'm one of the priests here at the table, and uh, it's lovely to have you with us on this very cold day. I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you braved the elements and are here, so, and uh, lovely to have those of you who are joining us online as well. Friends, uh, today we proclaim the good news that through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, God's glory shines in human flesh. And so now in every circumstance of our lives, in every experience of suffering and of joy, and in the routine rhythms of our ordinary lives, we are held in God's gaze, fully seen and known and loved. And this enables us to see the greater things, epiphanies, beyond what our five senses and our worst fears tell us. Heaven is open, beloved. And touching earth all around. Come and see. No matter what you're going through right now. God's presence is with you. To sustain you and bring all things to completion. In love. Our scripture readings today from the lectionary. Feature stories where people were surprised. To find out that God was paying attention to them. They were startled by a God who sees them. Notices them and calls them to be involved in what God is doing. Little Samuel is confused initially when he hears God speaking to him and assuming it must be Eli, but eventually discovers that God is with him, even at his young age, and God is calling him into what will become his life's work. The psalmist marvels that God is familiar with the most intimate details of his life, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You trace my journeys and my resting places, and you are acquainted with all my ways. And of course, in our gospel text, Nathaniel, who was initially skeptical about so-called messiahs coming from Nazareth, of all places, changes his tune when he discovers that before he had even heard about Jesus, he was seen and known by Jesus. He responds by confessing the truth of who Jesus is. He has an epiphany, if you will, a revelation, a realization about who Jesus is because Jesus saw him first. He then can see who Jesus is and confesses him to be the Son of God, the King of Israel, and becomes an apprentice under Jesus in the ways of God's empire. I think that all of this... uh, I just want to make two points today, basically. And this is the first one. That all of this, I think, goes to show us that our life in God, despite maybe how we feel about it sometimes, is not a desperate knocking on the door of heaven, trying to get God to pay attention to us, trying to get God to help us with the stuff of our lives, trying to figure out what hoops we need to jump through to make God answer our prayers. That's not what our life in God is is like, even though it sometimes can feel like that. Our life in God is a response to the startling realization realization that God has already seen us and known us and loved us from before our first breath and is working in ways that we can't fully comprehend or perceive. It's the response to realizing that every moment of our lives we're held in God's gaze, and empowered to see God present and at work in every circumstance all around us. So no matter what you're going through, God is sustaining you with his presence and working to complete all things in love. There is always more happening than our five senses or our worst fears can tell us. So beloved, come and see and participate in these epiphanies, in this season of epiphany. So the second thing... I want to point out is that Jesus promised to Nathanael is that he's going to see greater things. He says this, I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels ascending and descending on the human one or the son of man. What Bible story does that remind you of? Where have we heard that before in the scriptures? I know some of you are like Bible quiz uh, professionals. Jacob's Ladder, yes, Jacob's Ladder. Does that ring a bell? Jacob's Ladder, the story about uh, Jacob when he betrays his brother and runs for his life, a fugitive, desperate to just hold on to his life. And he runs out into the wilderness, into the desert, and he falls asleep. He's exhausted. And in the middle of the night, he wakes up, right? And he sees the heavens are open angels are ascending and descending, which the Celtic spirituality refers to these things as thin places. Have you ever heard that term? I heard that term, a thin place where heaven is touching earth. Normally there's a veil between heaven and earth and it's hard to access heaven from earth, but Jacob realizes, wow, the place that I've been here, the place that I am is a place that's open to God's glory, open to God's presence, and he names it then El, the house of God, because he discovers that even in his desperation, the God is with him, taking care of him, loving him, transforming his place of suffering into a place of communion with God. And so Jesus builds on this story. Obviously, the disciples would have known this story, and Jesus knows that they know this story. And he builds on the story, but instead of a place, being the thin place. It's a person now who is the thin place. It's the son of man. It's the human one. It's Jesus. Jesus is the thin place now. Heaven and earth, humanity and divinity come together in the body of Jesus. And so Jesus is God's loving presence to the hurting world. Heaven touching earth and transforming everything into communion, making everything holy, even our most desperate circumstances, even our worst suffering, even our most difficult relationships and problems. And so now, through the resurrection of Jesus and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Jesus has been unleashed upon the world. And the whole creation has become holy ground. Every person and every place and every circumstance is a burning bush, ablaze with God's glory. In Jesus, God has joined himself to humanity forever, which means that we have permanent and profound intimacy with and access to God. That's just a fact now. There's nothing that you or anybody else can do about it. It's just a fact of who you are in your baptism. We have access to God in our very bodies because Jesus has touched creation with his body. This is why, incidentally, Paul makes such a big deal about what we do with our bodies in the passage that we read from 1 Corinthians. Our bodies are consequential because they are parts of Christ. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, Paul says, who lives in you and allows you to behold God's majesty at any time. This is what it means that Christ is the light of the world as our collect for today names him That through the incarnation of Jesus and through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God is simply, irrevocably, with everyone. Shining on them. Ministering to them. Loving them. Speaking to them. Wooing them toward beauty and truth and goodness. And so now in every circumstance of our lives, beloved, in every experience of suffering and of joy, And in the routine rhythms of our ordinary lives, we are held today in God's gaze, fully seen and known and loved. And this enables us then to see the greater things. Epiphanies beyond what our five senses and our worst fears tell us. Heaven is open to you today, beloved. It's touching earth all around. So come and see. No matter what you're going through right now, God's presence is with you to sustain you And to bring all things to completion in love. So we respond. Those are the two things I wanted to say. That's it. We respond uh, to this good news by acting as if it's true. We respond by acting as if it's true. And that just means we take one little step of faith. Try it on for size. Just right here in the room. Try this good news on for size. The other thing our collect of the day says is that we are illumined by God's word and sacraments. So in other words, coming to this altar today to receive the Eucharist is part of how the light gets in. It's part of how God ministers God's grace to us. So I invite you to allow Christ to shine on you today by receiving the grace that's available to you in the body and the blood of Jesus. And I also invite you to pray right now, but also this week in whatever circumstance you find yourself in. Pray as if God were present and at work. Again, you don't even have to believe that. Just try it on. Just try a prayer as if God were present and at work. No commitment. You can just try that. Does that make sense? No pressure. Just try it on. Pray as if God were present and at work and just see what happens. I think that God invites us into that kind of relationship. Whatever you find yourself in, and maybe it's experiences of joy and delight, suffering and pain, maybe just the routine rhythms of your ordinary day. Try praying as if God were present and at work. I really appreciated Father Matt's reflections this week in the pastoral letter, which goes out in the weekly newsletter, which you get in your email inbox. I will just encourage you to read those. I find them very encouraging. (laughs) I know a pastor telling you to read the newsletter, right? Cliché. Anyway, I appreciated his, uh, his thoughts about prayer. Um, he said that prayer is not a mechanism to control God, but it's a portal into communion with God. And so we, always, we, we should we should always pray for what we want. Whatever's going on in our lives, we should lament the things that make us sad or angry. We should thank God for what delights us. We should praise God for who God is, and we should confess to God those things that need truthing. And we should do all of this trusting that God meets us in our actual lives, not as a genie in a bottle, just granting wishes, but as the God who has become human in the flesh of Jesus, who has joined himself to us irrevocably in the body of Jesus. Being human is now part of what it means to be God. Think of that. Pray as if that's true for you. Because through the incarnation of Jesus, God's glory shines now in human flesh. And so now in the hospital room where healing is taking longer than you'd like, you are held in God's gaze and God's glory is open to you. Inside the mental anguish of depression and anxiety that you can't turn off, you are held in God's gaze and God's glory is open to you. In the overwhelm of too much awareness of so much evil in our world that our bodies are woefully unequipped to handle, you are held in God's gaze, and God's glory is open to you. And in the mundane routines that make up most of our life, when nothing much exciting is happening, you are held in God's gaze, and God's glory is open to you. You are fully seen and known and loved, and this enables us, beloved, to see the greater things. Epiphanies beyond what our five senses and our worst fears tell us, So come and see, heaven is open and touching earth all around. Come and see, beloved, no matter what you're going through right now, God's presence is with you to sustain you and bring all things to completion in love. Let's pray together now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.